If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, y'all, it's Amber reminding you to join our Patreon because we do book giveaways at the end of the month. This month, we're going to be giving away the book Ring Shout at the last Tuesday of the month. That's when that episode drops. So be sure to join our Patreon before then. Shout out to Diamanta, who recently joined, and you all can join too for just $1, $2, $3, $5 a month. Super low commitment. This show is completely sponsored by listeners like you, and you can find the link to our Patreon in the episode notes. Okay, let's get started with the show. Here I go, here I go now. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sci, under the Believe Podcast Network. A podcast about black science fiction, fantasy, and staying on the same page of our marriage. Today is episode 52, y'all. And we are celebrating one year of podcasting by answering questions from listeners like you. And we're also going to give our top 10 favorite picks uh, of books and shows that we watched and reviewed the past year, all black science fiction. Ben, how you doing today? I'm good. So I'm sort of freaking out right now because I looked at my watch and I saw that my heart rate was arresting 39 beats per minute. And I used to be at 28 beats per minute before oh COVID. Yeah, tell people how obsessed and you are with your resting heart rate. I know. And then it went up to like 55 at one point because I was drinking so much. It went up to 60 and I was like freaking out. I'm like, I'm going to die from a heart attack with 60. And then I hear some people have like a resting heart rate of a hundred. Okay, just say, just drag my dad. I wasn't dragging your dad. Uh, well, who are these some people that you were thinking some about? Some people have higher resting heart rates. Anyway, I gained thirty pounds. My heart rate went up like you know twenty beats. You still fine though. Yeah. Motherfucking Chicago. We live in Chicago. <laughs> We live near an old person home, too, and so I think they were probably hit by COVID pretty hard, and so we hear a lot of ambulance going to there specifically to take out the bodies, dead bodies. Don't be morbid. Well, why don't you celebrate your resting heart rate for that reason specifically? Also, the thing that sort of gets me, though, is that you can have a low resting heart rate, but a low resting heart rate won't save you from getting hit by a car. You know? Like a low resting heart rate won't save you from getting cancer. Cancer? Oh, that, is that what the kids are calling cancer. it now? Cancer. A low resting heart rate, you know, you, there's many ways to die. A heart attack is one of them, but, or, or heart condition is the number one killer in men. Anyway, how, how's your day? I'm doing all right. You know, I was just frustrated with you because Ben always does this thing, like right when we're about to start the podcast, where he's like, I don't like how this sounds. So then he like fiddles around with the knobs. Today he did that for like the better part of an hour or two. So I'm 
I'm just now uh, starting to like him again. So hopefully questions from the listeners will help me, um, you know, not bop you on the head as we record this amazing podcast. Amber really isn't that abusive, but when she is, it's pretty tough. (laughs) Shut up. What was one of the best things that you've done for the Sci-Fi Sci podcast this year? So when you say that, are you talking about like what we've read, what we've watched, or like just the whole... The whole thing. Producing everything. Yeah. What was one of the best things you've read this year for the Um, Sci-Fi Sci podcast? Cool. So my favorite book that we have read is The Deep. That was my apps like Black Mermaids literally is the most exciting thing about this show and the dark fantastic both of those were the dark fantastic was more of that like analysis on and and that major unlock for me about like why i have stayed away from black sci-fi and fantasy for so long and the deep was just like taking historical accuracy of people throwing black women pregnant black women off of these slave ships and then them becoming mermaids and like turning something into beauty, which is like my whole thing as an improviser. So those were the two pieces that I felt like actually changed my life this year. What about you? Uh, I'm just, it's so beautiful. Your response was just so wonderful. The dark fantastic. Sorry. I I'm just thinking back to us reading the dark fantastic and you at times, I think getting emotional thinking about that. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. If you're listening, we'll put this in the show notes, but The Dark Fantastic was episode 23. Yeah. And the the whole thing was the imagination gap. They talk about achievement gap and they talk about lots of different gaps in education. But the imagination gap is this idea when kids can't see themselves in books and stuff. Well, you can't steal my answer. You have to have your own answer for what I know. you've enjoyed. Oh, most. yeah. I got my own answer. I love interviewing authors because... Uh, I know. Oh, Amber doesn't like interviews because it uh, she gets stressed out. But you you would be like a great host for a show. Like, isn't that good? Like practice for you, though? Yes. Let me rephrase. Interviews. The actual interview when it happens is always magical, is always powerful. It's because all of the interview prep and setting up is solely on you and sometimes you don't communicate what date to me we're interviewing the author communicate that you even reached out to authors so all of that gives me anxiety when you're like oh by the way we're interviewing so-and-so on friday and i'm like we haven't even started their book like what's going on like all of that is what stresses me out about interviews but i can confidently say that every interview that we've done i've really enjoyed so since we just recapped a little bit of what we've enjoyed this past year. Let's get into some of these questions that people have submitted. You're going to ask the questions, Ben, and then we'll both answer. Before we get started answering some questions, I just want to extend the biggest thank you ever for everybody who submitted questions. We had about like 65 questions submitted. And 80. we're going to... 80s. In the 80s. Oh, you must have filtered some out. I... I I hadn't looked, but been vetted a couple this morning. Well, 80 questions submitted, which is fucking awesome, y'all. So we obviously can't get to everybody's questions, but we're going to get to as many as we can. Some are going to be sci-fi related and some are going to be personal. So, baby, why don't you take it away? I will sure do. Absolutely. Oh, God. Is that you taking it away? Taking it away. All right. So Maui Freeman asks us a science fiction fantasy related question. I love you guys. I follow y'all on all platforms. My question is, will you be reading any novels by Toni Morrison? And yes, we She's can. She's a god. She is a queen. Icon. She's also dead. 
So she's still iconic. But she, she will live iconic. forever. If you write a book and you pass away, you will live forever. First of all. Second of all, uh, we we will probably be covering. We will probably cover beloved on the show. Like we have to. I right, just, babe? Yeah. Well, I just want to point out that the Library of Alexander Alexandria was burned, and all those great texts were lost. So hopefully. Toni Morrison doesn't get lost to the annals of history. Annals? Yeah. Annals? Not my queen. I'm just kidding. Uh, Everyone can enjoy anal sex. Anyway, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, I wanted to talk about Beloved for a second, actually, because... You you haven't read it, right? I've read Beloved. You have these stingy, stupid, motherfucking academics who would never touch a fucking ghost story if their life depended on it or a fantasy story, but they would read Beloved which is a fucking fantasy story. It is a yeah. ghost story. Period. It is it is and people, you know, would snub, you know, shrug or snub or look down or push their glasses up and make snorty noises if you say I love horror or ghosts. Beloved is a fucking horror story. For sure. For sure. I can't, well, you know, I'm not around academia, but of, like all of this tracks to me. But and people probably like definitely tried not to give Toni Morrison her flowers for a very long time, especially in America, which is why like when she won the Nobel Peace Prize or I think it was that right. It was like the it was like a international big ass prize. Yeah, it was, Nobel, it was the it was Nobel, Nobel Prize, Prize for literature. For literature, thank you. Uh, she finally got her her just due because those. It was like such a boys club. So yes, to answer the question, we will probably definitely read Beloved at some point. I think Song of Solomon might be a little bit of fantasy as well, but I haven't read it since like high school. So we'll have to revisit. What we got next? Oh, this is funny. This is a personal question. Uh, Kira Melendez says, do you guys really fight a lot um, or is it just for content? <laughs> the funny part is is that we tried to record this podcast uh maybe 10 times today and we kept getting into a fight we definitely get into fights um why don't you talk about like a fight that made you really like dislike me because I, I could I, I have like 20 of those in the pocket and i'll talk about one what never we don't get into fights we never actually fight we have disagreements and some of them are cordial and some of them are less cordial but never a fight. When I think of a fight, I think of that f- fucking reality TV show you watch. What is it? Uh, Jocelyn's Cabaret or some <laughs> okay, dumb well, shit let, like that. Well, okay. Have you ever screamed at slash cussed at me? Because I've never screamed at you. I've raised my voice. Oh, bitch. I don't scream. You don't scream. I have screamed at you before. I've yelled loud. Yeah, but that's not like we we don't actually maybe like once or twice. Yeah, we it's not often and also we have a very 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 short especially now, we have a very short time where we uh stay mad at each other. Like that that time of like holding grudges is maybe like 5 minutes. Um for like real talk every time I'm mad at for ben, you. For you. For you. Yeah, Ben, you don't stay mad at me long. If something makes me mad, I hold on to it for a while. But for you, I, basically anything I do that is against you makes you mad. But you'll get over it within five minutes. Very few things make me bad. But when they do make me mad, they last for a very long time. They do well if if they do. If you're mad at me longer than you're saying that that you are, I'm uh, holding it. In. You're holding. You're you're a very good actor at it. 
real teabin, every time I'm upset with you, I storm out of the house, I go to Chipotle, and I buy two bowls, one for myself and one for you. And by the time I've walked back or eaten the bowl at Chipotle and walked back, I'm I'm basically not mad at you anymore. So, or I'm ready to make up. So it's like three bowls a week. <laughs> yes, I give Chipotle a lot of my money. Okay, um, moving on. Let's, wait, wait, no. You oh, you to, got you more. Have, you got more. No, to I say. was just saying you should tell a time where like something I did maybe really frustrated you because this is like the tea episode. Damn, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I, again, I, you're right. I don't really hold on to things. See, I can't. I don't know. Ben, has don't put this, me on the spot. Well, for me, it's like Ben just takes his time and is really slow moving with things. So like anytime we've ever had to move has been super, super frustrating. Um, Like Ben's the person where if you're about to sign a big contract for something really cool, he's like, well, can we sit with this a couple of days? I want to read every line. I want to. And it's frustrating. So I get impatient with Ben on some things. But for the most part, we actually do get along really, really great. Or he'll just do like little Ben isms around the house that I react to. Oh, this is this is a funny question. Debbie J says, is Ben an ass or titty guy? How was it when Ben grabbed your booty for the first time? <laughs> oh, but I, I want to know about this. Go ahead. I mean, whatever. I don't uh, ask Titty, whatever, whatever you got, you know, whatever. What does that mean? Whatever means I'm grabbing it. I'm not, I don't care about it. <laughs> no, I'm mean? not grabbing it. It's not like I'm a Titty guy or an ass guy. I would never say like, oh, I love those. You actually hate the those. word Titty. Oh, I just like, oh, it makes me think like, of Ugh. milk and udders and, and cows. <laughs> just like suck on the tit or grapes or wrath. Anyway. So you don't like my butt. I like, I like your butt. I like you. And I like, you know, um, I like your butt. Yeah. You have a, you have a fine, beautiful bottom, very round, very peachy. <laughs> Um, how, so how, but how was it for you? The question more for you. How was it when Ben grabbed your booty for the first time? Um, I don't think you ever grabbed my butt without asking me. Ben, so when we first started dating, especially when we first started dating, I think Ben, that was like kind of at the boom of the Me Too movement, I want to say, like, or maybe like right before it. I was it. terrified from so, being yeah, canceled. So, yeah, so Ben, every time he wanted to do anything with me, he always almost awkwardly asked me before. Like, remember after our very first date, you were like, uh, I, I really want to kiss you, and I was wondering if that's okay. Like, do you remember that? Yeah, well, it's the term radical consent, where okay. if you say yes once, it doesn't mean yes over and over. And that had nothing to do with the Me Too movement at all. That's think, sort of but, just something that I learned from uh, friends and stuff. And Yeah, but I think at aware. the time you were very hyper aware of like, or maybe the like community of people you were living with were all hyper aware of like, here are the do's, here are the don'ts, and here's how you can just like be a decent fucking person and like double down on stuff like that. Whereas like Ben would never just see me leaning in to kiss him and kiss me back. Like I would lean in and then he would still ask yeah <laughs> you should always have consent radical consent yes yeah. once doesn't mean yes for eternity i know but if i'm just leaning have sex in with, sometimes you just want to kiss someone once and you don't want to kiss them again i don't know i know but sometimes it's awkward when you're like can we have sex now and i'm just like ben my let's, my top let's... is off <laughs> right i'm completely right. naked I, like ben will completely lube up will completely oil down and ben will still be like uh, so <laughs> can we have sex? It's like, that's happening. 
Yeah, you should always ask. You should still ask. Okay. It's cute. Moving on. Kayla A asks, uh, have you ever cut off communication with family or someone close to you? Have you ever felt jealous regarding your partner and someone they're close to? You want to answer that first? Uh, Yeah, I guess I did cut off communication with a friend recently. But other than that, not really. I just usually ghost people. Yeah, you do ghost people. It's I don't know. I don't mean to. I didn't know that was really a term until recently. I'm like, I don't know. I need to get better at responding to people. I think we all sort of fall off. Like, I, well, with the person you're talking about, it wasn't, I wouldn't call that a ghosting. I would call that y'all had an exchange of words and it's pretty clear. Whereas I cut a friend off. I had a friend at the beginning when me and Ben started dating, she was just like very... I don't want to call her jealous because I don't think she wanted Ben, but I think she wanted to be with somebody so bad and she kind of didn't understand like what I saw in Ben, like no shade to you, Ben, but you know, at the time we were, me and her were both like definitely talking to just black dudes and we were talking to like swaggy guys we were meeting at the club. So when I met Ben online, she was kind of like, what's, you remember what one time she was like, what's Harry Potter doing here? She was just like a hate, a hater. Like she was a hating ass bitch. Harry I, Potter's cool. Yes, but she wasn't was trying a, to, she wasn't I trying that was to be a cool. She wasn't trying to be funny. She was trying to be disrespectful. And so I had to slowly cut her. And she had done some foul shit to me before that. Like, you know, like that friend you go to the club with and then they're like, well, I met some dudes, so I'm going home with them. And you're like, hey, girl, like, I want you to be safe. Like, don't go home with them. Like, you know, like get his number and meet up with him next day. But she would be like, well, I'm going with them. Like them is in multiple people. So I would just be like, can you just call me when you get there? Like, just I just want to make sure you're safe. And she would just be hateful in that way. So we eventually sort of like fell off. Uh, and I, I would say I kind of ghosted her in that way, you know, or she would, be, she would text me every now and then being like, I'm back in Chicago. If you want to chat or hang out and I'd be like, mm. and sometimes I would link up to see her, but sometimes I would just literally ignore the message. Yeah. But, and then now she'll try to pretend like, oh my God, I saw the TikToks. Y'all are so funny. I'm just like, but when I first met Ben, you was a hater, but go off, I guess. Go off. Oh, next question. Sorry, I got in my feelings on that one. Logan asks, uh, why did Ben decide to become a teacher? And what kind of impact does he want to leave on his students? I decided to become a teacher for three reasons. Okay, Miss America. <laughs> June, July, and August. <laughs> Just kidding. That's an old joke. It's not very That's funny. so good. No, I love it. Uh I love the process of learning. I love how humans gain information. I love this process of creating your own type of thing. And I was homeschooled. I had so much time to just read the books that I wanted and develop the way I wanted to think. And also kids are just so fucking fun to hang out with. So ultimately, I wish all my students end up coming to my classroom and learning what they want to do with their life and finding their interests, finding the books that connect with them, finding the things that they want to do and sort of giving them that inquiry kind of learning. I love inquiry education, which is basically an idea that you're given or you develop an essential question on your own and you go out and find the answer, which is how we should live our life as humans. So that's what I hope. I can give to my students, make them inquisitive, 
you know. And Southern, leaders. maybe? And Southern. I don't know. <laughs> you have I just a feel horrible like, Southern accent. I feel, like, I feel like a teacher oh, would default to a Southern accent. That's that's what I think for me personally. Does That that actually doesn't sound too bad, does it? No, it sounds I, bad It sounds. How still, can you be with me and still have a horrible Southern horrible. accent? I don't know. How did uh, T asks, how did yoga catch your interest? Okay, so that's the Amber question. I'm guessing, Alvin. Yeah. I mean, I don't do yoga. You you kind of try. You do it every... You've actually been stretching a lot more. So uh, I would say, to a long story, very, very short. At one point, I was living in this horrible uh, apartment that was like unsafe, unfinished, horrible slumlord landlords. And I literally didn't even want to go home. And so there was a local yoga studio in my neighborhood that I started going to just to like have a safe space to just like hang out and sweat and breathe. And that was when I started loving it because it was the studio in Hyde Park, which is a more diverse neighborhood in Chicago, if you're, uh, you know, familiar with Chicago. So my first yoga teachers were tons of black girls. So I, I got really excited seeing black people like leading stillness and breath work and mindfulness in spaces. So I decided from there to become a yoga teacher and sort of give that back to people as well. I will say right now I'm in a season of my life where I'm focusing more on my self-practice, which I really love because before the pandemic, I didn't have a home yoga practice and I was forced to have a home yoga practice, but I still really love yoga, even though my teaching has is only like once every two weeks now. Love me some yoga. Everybody should have that thing that just, forces them to like sit still and relax yeah and then i make ben do it with me sometimes ben remember when i was first getting certified but yoga, to be a yoga you, teacher? oh sorry i interrupted you ben remember when i first was getting certified to be a yoga teacher and we were going through those units where you had to learn how to like massage your students and stuff which is oh, not a thing anymore because my of COVID. favorite part yeah used to be my favorite part yeah ben was like oh i i love it practice on me anytime baby yeah. and it wasn't like happy ending massages it was like you know yeah. deepening the muscles and yeah stuff. yeah or like yeah you you hands-on adjustments which sounds sexual but they're not <laughs> but when you do them they are hand adjustment oh anytime. my god shut up all, all right, right what's our next question leah asks i am mid-key afraid of marriage and the vows say for better or for worse how do you two deal with the worse or what would you consider the worse how do you deal with the worse of me amber I think it's really funny because, you know, even I've been doing this new segment on my Instagram live called Ask Amber, and it's really fun because people get to call into the show and tell me all their problems, and I kind of do some, like, fun characters and responses, but when friends of mine and strangers and, uh, like, or fans of mine talk to me about the kind of problems that they experiencing with, they experience with their partners, we we just have different problems um like ben and i i i am i have never dated a guy who i have never been in a serious relationship with somebody who like cheated on me and broke my trust so i'm i didn't come into the relationship with that baggage at all so as far as trust goes i think it's super easy for you and i to trust one another and i'm not saying that if you've ever been cheated on you're like damaged goods now or anything but ben and i when we first started dating like Ben had some very clear goals. Like he was just starting grad school for his master's degree at the time. He, uh, he was seeing a therapist like Ben was in therapy before I was. So he just had a lot of things going on where I was like, 
whatever this guy has going on in his life, like he is like doubling down on taking care of that. He's a plan for his life. He's very like Ben is somebody who is very sure of who he is. And so I knew being with Ben was being with a partner with like equal or greater assets. Like after my first date with Ben, I was like, this person is smarter than me and they challenged me and I want to spend more time with them as opposed to like, you know, does he have a job? Does he have a car? Can you trust them? Like those were not some big things that were, uh, you know, a problem for me when we first started dating. Yeah. But what's the worst? The worst things about you is that you, are too analytical or you you like to read too many books like i kind of i don't know i kind of have it made a little bit the worst parts about you or that's amazing yeah i mean think about it ben or or it really bothered me at the beginning of our relationship because you don't give any fucks about what people think to the point where you would wear like a bit you would wear a weighted blanket to church if i brought you to church you know so those things would annoy me that would annoy me because I'm just like, oh, you are so white. Like you, you didn't shower before this date. That like, not calling white people dirty, but like, black people have this idea. Like we have this thing where we have to be like the best of the best with honors and very polished and twice as good. And so sometimes it would really frustrate me at the beginning of our relationship where Ben just gave zero fucks and it was totally accepted and he was seen as quirky in that way. Um, and then after a while, I kind of just got used to like, you know what? If he's going to get to be a weirdo, like I get to be my weirdo self too. Aw. Yay. Speaking you, of weird. You need to, no, you need to answer about me because I feel like oh, I the saw worst. the show there. I mean, your anxiety is pretty much the worst. You get really anxious around what people think about you, uh, which is so funny because you're like a celebrity on Ew. your TikTok famous. No. Your TikTok famous, which is so funny to me. But yeah, you get very anxious at times. Like, what is this person going to think? I'm like, dude, just it's fine. Just sit back, relax, enjoy this show called Life because, you know, it ends. You know, every movie ends, our life ends. And so, but the way I deal with that worseness is I try to remind you through touch, physical touch, that consensual physical touch. consensual physical touch that everything's gonna end up you know working all right even if it doesn't feel that way in the moment or just tell the lie that you need to hear in that moment <laughs> okay T- tiff, tiff tiff asks first time you heard each other fart i don't remember that oh ben farted in front of me the first date because once again that. he has no concept of like familiarity like like i think most people go into dates and stuff saying like let me get to know this person feel them out and then i'll tell them my deepest darkest secrets whereas ben like our first date was like i'm gonna fart i'm gonna ask for kisses even if it's like i kissed you and then you go to ask again um so i don't know you i feel like you felt very comfortable with me right away where i was like this guy is too much but i like it you remember, like, you told me you loved me after, like, a month? And I was like, uh, I think we're in pre-love. Because <laughs> we were watching that Bob's Burgers yeah. episode. Oh, no. Yeah. I and definitely... you were like, no, we're not. We're way past pre-love. Oh, for sure. I mean, I loved you the first day. I knew, like, I wasn't in love, but I saw you. And I was like, oh, I love this person, you know? How and did the... you know that? Because you were just so, you are just a ball of beautiful energy, and you had 
hair like Storm. Uh, you were just so cool. And what about now? Yeah, I'm still falling in love with you. <laughs> you were so cool then. <laughs> yeah, are you are you tearing up a little? Bit? I am. How could oh. you love me the first day? That's because wild. You were to me. just like talking about your students, and you're talking about your dog because we were we met at the dog beach. Uh, that gets into all the questions how we met, and you were you, you were very thoughtful, and I was like, oh, I love this person. You know, even if and even if I never saw you ever again, I would always love you. You know. What? Yeah. I mean, I'm every first date is like that for me. So <laughs> you piece of shit. No, the fuck it wasn't. Ben actually had a dated somebody for like three months, and you and it felt like years, right? Yeah, like I do, it was I horrible. I'm sure y'all's first date was not like that. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It might have been. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but then once we became official, you know, anyway, we don't have to get into that story, but (laughs) I tend to fall in love with like lots of different people, but uh, because I see them, I love them as the human that they are and I see them as their own story. But yeah, immediately I was like, oh, there are definitely people I have gone on dates with. I'm like, no, we're not vibing. I mean, I see your humanity, but I don't love you for sure. Um, But I wasn't that bitch. You were not that. You were not one of those. I loved you the first date. Okay, so yeah, this is asked by Shay. Do you have any hesitation with being so open on a public platform? No. <sighs> what are some of your triumphs and regrets about That's doing this? That's not true, Ben. I mean, a little bit. There are some things that we post where I'm like, you're going to get fired if I post this. Yeah. I like, d- that's the shitty. But you know what? 20. 20- Pre-2020, like, because the reality is that we didn't even start TikTok until December 2020, which is wild to me. All year long, people were like, you should post, you should post, you should post. This is so funny. Because I used to be sort of like the Snapchat story, Instagram story queen. And if if I saved it past the 24 hours and it stuck, like that gives people, people a longer amount of time to judge me and hold things against me and report my content and ban my content. Um, And also there's this huge sort of, I don't want to call it a movement, but there's this big thing where people try to make their interracial relationship, like their personality trait. And that's just not me. Like, I love you, but I'm so much more than like the black girl with the white husband. Like, you know that. And I'm not. And you're. Shut the fuck up. And so I, I was worried when I, I would first. nothing without you. You know the girls I'm talking about. It's do, like, aren't, yeah. aren't y'all excited to be swirling and to be interracial? And Cute. aren't y'all excited about your future baby? And I'm like, I just fucking like Ben. Like, this is not, I'm not going to go join some Facebook group about having a white husband. Like, yeah. honestly, I don't know. Like, if Ben and I ever broke up, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I would probably never, be, never, not be with another, another white person. White. I ain't even gonna hold y'all. Ben is something special out here. Um, but I think I was most hesitant because I was like, I don't want to be like the 50th person on the internet trying to make their interracial relationship a part of their personality. But, you know, there's still a lot of people that feel that it is and call me a sellout and call me a winch and... And it's just like, those are, get com- over those, those are compliments. <laughs> it is not fun to be called a sellout by other black people. Like, uh, that is I'm not the wench a part. 
I like to be your kitchen wench when you're. No, but they're talking. You know what they're talking about? They're talking about like books and wenches and like oh. old slave talk, and they're like, "You're fucking the master" and all of that. Because you know you don't get any of that shit. You get like, "Oh, Ben's so cool. He's at the cookouts hanging out," and I get like, "It's you, bastard." It's a, yeah, yeah, it's an onslaught if you read those comments too much. They can. Yeah, but early on, I, I learned like to turn off the comments and. I think we've been doing a, a much better job. And I've, I think we've been doing a much better job, like, ignoring them, one. And I also think, Ben, and correct me if I'm wrong, like, there's so much good on the internet. Like, I've been having sort of a recent epiphany with that. Like, there's so much love. There's so much support. There's so much talent and creativity on the internet that I will never reg- regret um sharing my life and sharing my art because the support has been insane and overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, Diamond asks, uh, when you guys fight, how do you communicate to get back to a place of peace? Well, Chipotle for me. Yeah. yeah, We talked about that. I think a way I do that is sort of usually like seeing where I misstepped and humbling myself and asking, uh, for your forgiveness and then kissing your feet and spilling perfume over your feet and then washing your feet like Mary Magdalene did for Jesus. <laughs> that is how we get back Remember when to... that was a thing at protests last year? And I was like, what is happening? Oh, the white people washing black people's feet. <laughs> you had to explain this to me. And I was like, we have lost our shit. Yeah, Ben... Um, in our relationship maybe even marriage therapy taught us this also if you're in a relationship just go to fucking therapy go for prevention go like uh because when we went when we did marriage therapy that taught me like oh i think i just need my own therapist because i got some inner childhood work to unpack and stuff but i will say that when you're in a relationship like you slowly start to learn like when y'all fight nobody wins like you don't you don't win when you get the last argument you don't win when you slam the door you don't win when you break the plate like if ben and i are fighting nobody wins and so sometimes you just ask for forgiveness or you you come to that person humbly even when it wasn't your fault and i think we we have no qualms about like well, I didn't do the thing wrong, so I'm not going to apologize. Like, we're kind of just like, who cares who was wrong? Like, I love this person down, so I'm going to go apologize. Yeah, but also you can basically take any conflict and find a moment in which you did not handle that conflict in the most caring, loving way. Like, who, it, me? No. Anyone, <laughs> anyone in any conflict, even if the other person is more to blame. Uh, I'm talking more about, like, an individual level. I guess that does get a little tricky when you talk about abusers. Mm, um, yeah. And yeah, this is not synonymous with that. Yeah. And that, and that type of thing where you have an, a, an abusive situation. I'm thinking more in terms of like a conflict, a disagreement or a, yeah. So, and I think for, for us just finding the misstep and seeing the humanity is a big part. It's being like having that humility which has not so always been the case. I will say that. I used to try to do things that would hurt Ben. I would be like, I'm going to go spend a night at my friend's house just to piss him off. Like, And I would learn and see how much that stuff would hurt him. And and it didn't feel good. Like, Even if I air quote won that night when Ben was like, 
you know, crying, worrying about me, like that was not okay. And so I slowly learned, like, it doesn't feel good to win if I was like trying to maliciously hurt Ben. Whereas I used to sometimes try to be like, Ben just hurt me. So I'm going to try to simulate what that hurt feels like and that it never felt good. So I just have learned to like, stop doing that. You remember those days, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you remember when we uh, first moved together at High Park and you were like, I thought we I thought we were going to call it quits a couple times. Oh, that yeah, time for I moved, sure. Yeah. One time I moved into the living. Uh, I, I moved my stuff from the bedroom to the kitchen. Like I had yeah. a full bed in the kitchen. You moved. <laughs> and I moved the TV into the kitchen and I moved. I fully moved my uh, dresser with my clothes into the kitchen. And there I laid for maybe the better part of two weeks. Yeah. Because me and Ben were just at each other's throats. This is probably like maybe four years ago. Yeah. I had just started teaching for the first time, having my own classroom. And before then, I had worked as like a support person. And then I was in school. And then I wasn't... Basically, I basically didn't clean up the house ever. Ben did nothing, y'all. I did nothing. I, I was so nothing. tired. And I at came that point, I was exhausted. also paying all the bills and yeah you had you were making way more money and you were letting me use your car right remember that oh my gosh yep so i had given you you every resource in my fucking arsenal you were having and all i would ask you to do was pick up just your clothes oh my god yeah that was which i would go wash we also got bed bugs one time i think i probably brought them home yep from Uh, the students which is sad because my i mean my school was just not as like clean or as organized as the school you were working at i was working at a more challenging school and then we got mice oh yeah i was just like Fuck Ben. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was bed bugs, mice. Uh, what else? Oh God, that was wow. We lived in a little shop of horrors, and so yeah. I said, "I'm gonna move my dresser in here, right next to the Cheerios." And when this lease is up, I might have to tell him to hit the bricks. And it and you helped me move my things back into the bedroom. Yeah, I don't even know. I think we might have just started spending more time together, and like. Trying to do things, which someone at deck sort of goes into one of uh, this question from Marissa P. Where is your happy place together as a couple? And I, I would say like any restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> like any restaurant watching Bob's oh. Burgers. Watch. Yeah. Bob's Burgers was the show where uh, Ben first told me he loves me. Mm-hmm. So we that show will always be. Uh, have a special place in our hearts. Just like I, I, there's this Bob's Burgers tattoo that I want to get with Ben. It's like I would get the Linda glasses and he would get the big mustache. But like you know, Ben doesn't have any tattoos. But would you get that one day? Would you get a tattoo? I, I with just you? submitted a question. Yeah, I, I'd do a tattoo with you. I know, but you have such a low pain threshold, though. I, shut up. Ben, you know you have a low I, pain threshold. No, no. No, no, no. And you're very, uh, you gag, your gag reflex is always on. Always on. <laughs> what the but that ha- doesn't have to do anything with pain threshold. All right, That's whatever. Gucci, Gucci said, fuck y'all. All right, so. Yeah, food and uh, Bob's Burgers. Oh my God, we went to a brunch spot this morning called M. Henry. If you're ever in Chicago, go there. We literally just discovered this brunch spot and it is fucking amazing. M. Henry. Okay, next question. Okay, so DJ um, Eddins. I oh believe. yeah, DJ from the pi- uh, from the Patreon. Hey, DJ. Yeah, so he. Uh, I'm gonna read his thing. Happy one year anniversary. Anniversary. I'm gonna read that one more time because I don't teach reading. I teach social studies to middle schoolers. <laughs> 
Happy one year anniversary and congratulations on all your success up to now. And may y'all continue to only go up from here. Yes, I hope so, DJ. For both of you, if you could pick any three superpowers, what would it be? Let's just uh, go with one. I would definitely go with invisibility so that Amber can't find me when she needs me to do the dishes or something. Just kidding. That was a joke. First of all, when the last time I actually asked you to do some dishes? You haven't. I'll wait. You haven't. Ever I since do the dishes because I work from home and I'm like, you home. know what? My baby's had a hard school year, so... I do dishes. I would like to be invisible, though, so that <coughs> you can sort of not be bothered by people. I'm a hardcore introvert at mm-hmm. heart. Yeah, I really you are. like all my time. I can be like super outgoing, social, like explosive, like, yeah, let's, yeah, just, you know, yeah. high energy. Yeah, y'all have seen Ben at the cookout. Especially with when I work with students, when I was a camp counselor, if I'm organizing a special event for kids absolutely high energy but man i sometimes when i come home i just want to be alone with a book that's me so invisibility for my for me i won't i won't go all three of them but yeah what about you i would like to be able to uh quickly teleport to anywhere um in the world or and if i touch someone they could teleport also also i'll do two superpowers uh, when we watched Meteor Man, he had this ability to like touch a book and then have all of the knowledge from that book. So I think, I think you and I both would really love that superpower because, well, one, it would save us a little bit of time for the podcast because you know this is a homework heavy show. Gucci, what's going on? What's the problem? So if we were able to just like touch a book and absorb the knowledge from that book, I think that would be a super uh, powerful power. So you would probably be able to answer this DJ's question better uh, than me. Okay, DJ's second question? Yeah, so he said, for both of you, if you could replace the main Avenger squad, Iron Iron Man, you know, played by Robert Downey Jr., Hulk, uh, played by um, the guy from Fight Club, and... uh, Fight Club? Paul Paul Ruffalo? Wait. uh, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, Lord. But the guy from... The guy, he also... So, um, Edward Norton played the original Hulk. And then you have Captain America, Thor, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Vision, Wanda, and Spider-Man. Like, what black actors would you have replaced? Like, imagine if all the... Isn't that, like, a fun question? That's such a good question. That's, like, a really... Thank you, DJ. Thoughtful question. Uh, Okay. Well, let me say this. I... Look at me. Watch me work, Ben. Isn't Captain America about to be black or something like that? Yeah, so Anthony Mackie has taken over. Spoiler alert for everybody. Oh, is that a spoiler? Yeah. I've just heard that. Like, I don't even keep up with the shit and I heard that. Yeah, I mean, he he does, like, replace him oftentimes in the movies, but it's become more of, like, a... An official kind okay, of thing. Okay, my bad. I'm sorry that I spoiled that. Um, so I would I would leave him as Captain America, or I would say Michael B. Jordan as Captain America. I'd love to see Michael B. Jordan not as a villain. But he's already Killmonger. in the... I know, yeah. but I say what I say. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking like muscles yeah, yeah, and go. who's good looking. Um, Hulk. Maybe like old school, like Mr. T. Oh, yeah. Or uh, I hate this person. I really do. But I think they would be good Hulk. Terry Crews. Oh, yeah. I know. He's the fucking worst on the internet. He just is all screwed up. Maybe Omari Hardwick, the guy who kissed Beyonce. He'd be doing stupid shit, too. Let me think about a bulky person who doesn't do stuff. Maybe Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson as the Hulk would be kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, Who else is in there? Iron Man. Iron Man. So that means like... Obnoxious I, Robert Robert Downey Jr. Who would? 
I think Keith, Lakeith Stanfield would be a good uh, Iron Man. Is that oh. weird? Uh, I, he he sort of plays as more of like the shallow, shy kind of. I think he might be work better as maybe an ha. Uh, a Hawkeye, maybe. I'd kind of like to see him as like a smart ass with all the technology explaining it to you like you're stupid. Like, I. I oh, I that's see. That's what that. I think of. Yeah. What about Spider Man? Spider. Okay, I need some young energy here. Hmm. Well, which is so nice that we already had Miles Morales as Spider Man because it's like. Oh, yeah. It's not Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. It was so fun. God, I don't know any young people, though. Because you need them kind of like Gen Z aged, right? Like a 20 to 21 year old. Maybe like a Jaden Smith. Oh, yeah, that would that would work. I would actually love like Willow Smith as Spider-Man. Yeah. I think that would be dope. Like, What, a, what about Black Widow? Oh, well, Willow Smith for her then. Well, no, but Black Widow is a little bit older, hmm. you know? Like, okay, that's who ScarJo is, right? Yeah. Ugh. So who is the black ScarJo? No, I don't even want to call them that because they, they're their own phenom. Well, no, I would like a black woman, a black woman rendition of Black Widow. Right. No, I know what you mean, but I'm just trying to think about like, she's, she's a hottie. She can do funny and drama and rom-com. I'm trying to think of who that person is for me right now. Mm, who would you say? Uh, maybe, um, I don't remember her name, but she is, um, Michonne in, uh, The Walking Dead or, um, Denai Guerrero or what was her name? Uh, or Michael, the woman who plays Michael Burnham in, uh, Star Trek Discovery. She was also in The Walking Dead. Oh, she was also uh, in Space Jam too, wasn't she? Uh, yeah. Uh, Green. Oh. Oh my God, yeah. Or like a Samira Wiley from Orange is the New Black. She would be great. Let me think about... Because I wouldn't even want them to have long hair. I would want them to have like a fro or something. Sonequa mm. Martin-Green. Sonequa Martin-Green would be would yours. Would be a great Black Widow, I think. Damn. Okay, let me think of this person and then I'll I'll let you go. Back in the day, I would have just said Halle Berry because obviously she's like Storm. Like she's... She's just made for all the Marvel. I want, hmm. I feel like Journey Smollett could carry it too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Journey Smollett would be great. Or uh, uh, what's her name? Tiana Parrish. I know she's in it right now too, but she's like a side. She well, she's about to be a bigger character. Yeah, she's gonna be in like Marvels. So, right, cool. she's already in the MCU. Ah, but that was so fun, though. Thanks, yeah. DJ. Yeah, he. Yeah, he also, you know, had some more questions about what, um, what remakes you would like to see for some black hero films like Meteor Man, Blank Man, Catwoman, or Spawn. So I've seen, we've seen Meteor Man. I they got seen... to redo Meteor Man, though. Yeah. They have to. It's well, so good. I think the the best one would probably be Spawn. I think Spawn has the most intriguing story. You haven't watched that, but there's a HBO miniseries okay. of its cartoon. It is so compelling and intriguing, and I think they could do a lot of work around like black men being um you know brought into the military and sort of the consequences of that and you know mm. with you oh, know, the, really the military 
has lots of problems. Um, but out of all of America's institutions, I had a professor say this once, but saying it, it's probably the most um, racially integrated. If you were to look at all of American institutions, mm. so education, politics, and then like military or like the business world, any in- institution, the military ha- is the most like racially, maybe not gender wise, but most racially integrated. Hmm. Um, I can see that. But but they do. It seems like you know black men and poor white men, um, or just really anybody poor, it tends to be targeted more. And I I'd, I'd, I think you could do a lot with Spawn. Spawn sure. is very relevant. Oh, lastly, I would say Kerry Washington. I would love her as Black Widow as well. Oh, Kerry Washington would be awesome. Yes. Yeah. Or like, or, or putting her in maybe want. So maybe she would be, because Wanda could be um, sort of maybe Sonequa Martin Green. So her, she tends to play more quieter characters and Wanda's a little bit more quiet. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe Black Widow, I mean, they're both the women. All the women in the Avengers tend to be a little bit more quieter. Anyway, uh, let's get into... This is... uh, Tanya asks, um, you both are so creative and know so much about sci-fi. Thank you. Uh, I never thought I would hear that compliment, but thanks to you, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You're learning so much. Would you all ever consider writing a book, short story? What would it be about? Oh, Ben, you go. Because Ben's working on that. Yeah, so I have been thinking a lot about... The Texas abortion uh, law mm. um, that was just signed. One star. Do not recommend Texas. <laughs> Somebody that was not my original. Somebody recently was like, I guess the one star on the Texas flag is a recommendation. Like they put that on Twitter. That's, or something. that's actually quite funny. Oh, it's brilliant. Uh, I so I've been thinking a lot about that or this whole idea where very like large evangelical groups tend to. Uh, utilize science when it serves them, right? So you take something like television. When television first came out, one of my favorite stories is that, you know, evangelical Protestants would go from door to door saying, like, get rid of the devil's box. You call it the devil box, the devil's box. And you knew it was that person had the TV because of antennas, the antennas on their house. And so, but later, evangelicals sort of weaponized TV in a rather brilliant way you know, to, you know, garner money and to, you have t- the whole stream of televangelists, etc. So I've been thinking a lot of the purity movement and absence only education, because that's going to be even paramount now um, when you're like, you can't have an abortion if you get pregnant, blah, 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 using that as a fear thing. But one of the ways you could enforce that on children is if you force them to take hormone blockers. Like drug them. Yeah, drug them. But hormone Mm. blockers are essentially for trans kids to prevent them from going through puberty. And so um, I could see Christians, though, who have, you know, traditionally evangelicals came out against hormone blockers saying it's unnatural, blah, blah, blah. But... Uh, to prevent their kids from, you know, going through puberty and having sex, like you force your kids to take it until they're 18 or until they're like at the, they're old enough. So <coughs> I was thinking of like a dystopian world in which. Yeah. The giver vibes. Yeah. Christians force their kids to take hormone blockers or anything that would prevent sexual desire so that they don't get sexual desire until they're like 25 or 30. Yes. 
I mean, we're not even that far from that world happening. But yeah, I, I you know, I love that idea. And I know you're working on that story. I pitched a story idea to you uh, when we were at the lake recently. Do you remember what it was? Uh, oh, yeah. Like, basically, if I were to die and you hire a robotic parent and your child ends up falling in love with that robotic parent. Yes, uh, more yes. So than I you. wrote that story in my head about I, my child uh, favoring the robot that's perfect over me. I That's actually fucking brilliant. That's got Black Mirror um, sort of potential. I need to do something with that story, don't I? Because, yeah, I think like Elon Musk or somebody was creating like a robot parent. And I was like, this is going, you know, you know, Elon Musk. But I was like... A child would probably favor the perfect parent, no? Which would essentially be the non-human one. And so, um, yeah, I need to work on that story. You motherfuckers better not take these ideas. We're, I know. We're I'm sharing them. these ideas out loud. The story's going to pop out. Yeah. I swear. Damn. I you heard it here have. first, folks. I'm, I'm going to timestamp this so that when the story comes out in two years, uh, you know, I, we, said, we said it here first. Uh, Deja asks, this is great. Um, hello, hello, love you guys mu- so much, specifically your interaction with each other. Thank you. My question is, how do you keep the romance and sex alive after six years of marriage? That's a great question. Uh, we don't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Just anyway, You know, I'll say this. What, what's your name? Deja? Deja. I think when you've been... So we, we've been together six, almost seven years, and we've been married going into three years. I think at the beginning of a relationship, you're trying to be all coy and cute and you're like, I want my man to want to get me these things and to want to surprise me with things. Whereas, honestly, we're at the point of a relationship where like Ben does give me some general surprises for things. But also, sometimes I just say, Ben, your fa- like you make this favorite meal of mine and I want that for dinner sometime this week. Mm-hmm. And so... It, it gives him a, a window of time, but I don't have to do this thing where like, oh my God, he surprised me with roses. Sometimes I look Ben in the eye and say, I need flowers and or chocolate this week. Can you make it happen? And he just does. And when he does, it, honestly, for me, it's just as romantic right. <laughs> as if I would have made it up on my own. It is also very sweet when you surprise me with like Gladys Knight tickets and yeah. stuff like that. Was that pretty brilliant? Yes, but sometimes I think, you know, And I think oppositely, I sort of try to fill a need that I see Ben is having. Like I saw Ben fumbling with his headphone cords recently because he had that, you know, that OG headphone cord. And I was like, I'm going to buy him some AirPods. He deserves some AirPods. Like he is having a really hard time at work right now just because like he has no AC in his classroom. So like maybe just something small like AirPods will, will, will fill a tiny inconvenience there. What do you, how do you think you keep it spicy? I, I think we go on dates. Like we plan dates. Oh, that's, for sure. That's how you keep romance alive is you decide to do something. And black movie night. Yeah, we do black movie night. I think this podcast helps us to, inter- forces us to interact with each other. <laughs> Damn, not force. Well, I, I think part of it is you, right. you require a cro- romance. It's not this spur of the moment type of thing you have to sort of plan for it, you know, also with sex, like plan for sex, you know, it's totally fine. <laughs> sex Tuesday, Tuesday night. Is oh sex my God, night. shut up. I'm just making up that now. All right, man. So many great questions. I think we have time for one more question. All right, let's do it. Sophia asks, 
Will Ben get his Battlestar Galactica game for Christmas? That better not be our last motherfucking question. Also, that game is super hard to find. If anybody has a, a connect, please DM me because that game's like a fucking thousand dollars. We can do another one because that was quick. Oh, this is good. Jasmine G asks, um, do you have limits on the jokes you guys make in general and about each other? Ooh, like, so what's the boundary? Mm, that's a really on that? great question. Yeah, what's the limit? Uh, nothing racist from my end. Yeah. Well, no every, racist jokes. Everything should always be a punch up. Yeah. Always. Which, you know, Ben's at the top of the up as far as oppressed or marginalized groups. But but Ben uh, also is... I don't know. Lately, it's been harder to be a white man. Oh, gosh. The, Shut the fuck up. We've been up. watching yeah, the, white, the Lotus. white Lotus, <laughs> and there's a whole bit of like, ah. Uh, there's a a mother who's just so concerned for her like you know pr- like s- privileged white son. White know? Lotus is so good though; it's it's super sharp. Anyway, uh, uh, I think that I don't know. I feel like if you tell a joke in love, it can be done well. So sometimes Ben will tell a joke about my mom, or or Ben will tell a joke about my anxiety, or something and even though that's not a punch up it's like i know that every time i have like you know a midlife crisis or a midweek crisis for no freaking reason ben is there to pick me up when i'm having that moment so if he wants to make a joke about my crippling anxiety like that's fine with me because he's experienced it with me as well what are but you you especially early amber ben you would say some weird things and i'd be like er no, I definitely, I think the big thing is setting hard limits is difficult when you're, when you're as funny as both of us are, because we make oh. jokes all the oh, time. Oh, as both of us are. Oh, okay. So yesterday I made a joke that sort of hurt Amber and Amber was like, why did you like say that? And I was like, oh, she's, are you you, know, oh, that was just mean though. Y- yeah. I was, mean, okay. Well, tell them, tell them the, well, joke, the that joke you made. The joke was like, you know, Amber, we were talking about how sometimes people interact with their haters on and we were at uh, two friends house set the stage so it wasn't just us shooting the shit at the house and i said something like yeah amber sometimes struggles with people who you know comment on things and sometimes she sobs you know but that was and i said that is not i said it that's not a joke it's not i said it in such a way like she has you know amber is so strong but she's sobbing over comments basically the the joke was so untrue right so it was untrue so it was hyperbole which is it's a form of jest and i was saying it to make a comment that even the most strong like secure people on the internet like yeah amber. but you were like hey, you know amber be crying on the butt naked on the bathroom floor cuz of people's comments and i'm just like no i don't yeah well that was like a joke that went too far too far too far so far too far that joke went way so far and later like <laughs> When we were leaving, we we're walking from our friend's house. Amber was like, hey, like, why did you say that? And I was like, she's like, it's just not true. I was like, I, I know. Yep. But, but you said in a way that made it seem like it was true. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I apologize. Like, just apologizing. Yeah, well, and bringing it up. Al- bringing it up. I would also say that you did not deliver the punchline like a joke there. I struggled. Like, remember today with- at the restaurant, you like the waitress came up and you were like, Oh, I'm a little clumsy. I might need a lid over my drink. 
And so she brought you a lid back and she, and you were like, oh, it was just a joke. And I was like, I didn't even know you were telling her a joke just then. Uh, yeah. You know how when you, I got to see, I got to teach you some basic comedy, Mr. I'm a comedian. When you deliver a joke, you got to like inflate the voice a little bit. I ran eight miles this morning, Amber. Okay, girl. Nobody cares. I, my inflection was not there. You were like, sometimes I spill things too. I need a lid. Like that was the tone. Can we wrap this up? I got a fart. A fart. Is that all for today? I mean, there are so many great questions. We actually did read everybody's questions. Thank you all so much. Yeah, like, thank it's you. This really, was so fun, too. This was actually my favorite episode. <gasps> and we didn't really talk anything about science fiction. I think we talked a little bit. Yeah, we did a little bit. But, but that was great. I love uh, you. You what? I was talking about our audience. I love you, audience. <laughs> I love See, you. See, that you. <laughs> is a good joke, motherfucker. But you took me seriously, so you thought no, I was talking to you. But it was funny because the seriousness is what made the joke funny. Whatever. Get out of here. I'm going to close out the show. I, I love to you, too. again. Stop talking. I, I can't cut it if you say it while I'm talking. God. I love you, Ben. It was all that salsa I ate. And then the house potatoes that we got over, left over. Do you want me to cut this or not? Oh, yeah. No, I'm just telling you. I'm just talking to you now. Okay. Well, let me stop this and save it. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sci-Fi Side Podcast and helping us to celebrate one year of podcasting and spreading the word about black science fiction and fantasy. Next week for the show, we will be watching Spell. It is on Hulu. It's starring Omari Hardwick. Oh, how do you say it's fucking name? It's starring Omari Hardwick, and it's directed by by Mark Tonderai. I'm so sorry if I butchered your name. Mark Tonderai. Um, and it got some pretty interesting reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. So we're excited to give it a chance. So we'll be watching that. Hopefully you can watch it with us, and we will see y'all next week for the show. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.